Welcome to FIC Focus, where Bloomberg Intelligence fixed income, credit currency, and commodities strategists and analysts discuss their short and long-term views on debt markets and issuers. Now, here's the Bloomberg Intelligence FIC research team. Welcome to FX Moment, which is part of our FIC Focus podcast series. My name is Audrey Child Freeman. I'm the Chief G10 FX Strategist for Bloomberg Intelligence. And today I'm joined by Valérie Lemaigre, who is head of the Investment Office and Chief Economist for Banque Cantonale de Genève. Today we are focusing on the Swiss economy, on the SNB, and the outlook for the Swiss franc. Valérie, welcome to FX Moment. I guess the first question that comes to mind in the wake of the recent banking headlines is to what extent is the UBS takeover of Credit Suisse impacting your outlook for the Swiss economy? Thanks, Audrey, for this invitation. Uh, I'm really pleased to uh, to answer to your question. Um, I think that the, the first impact that we could think about regarding the, the scenario is based on the confidence crisis that uh, this kind of event could uh, could trigger. And in this sense, I think that the uh, intervention of authorities were really um, um on the pond, they were really uh, perfect to avoid and, and to erase any uh, degradation of the confidence of the, the, the different economic actors. So on the short term, I don't think that the impact will really change our scenario regarding the, um, the economic uh, side of, uh, of Switzerland. Okay, yeah, I, I, I certainly, um, I, certainly the way the market reacted and the resilience in, in the Swiss franc throughout the crisis, I, I think that was uh, very, very telling and, and certainly, you know, confirming that the impact uh, in the near term is, isn't uh, that significant in, in terms of cyclical implications anyway. So we have, I, I was just checking the Bloomberg consensus for Swiss uh, GDP. For 2023, we, we have a consensus at 0.6%. Uh, 2024, 1.4%. So a kind of similar pattern as what we're expecting for, for the Eurozone. And that kind of makes sense given how close the economies are. But I was just wondering, What's what's your own forecast for Switzerland? What are the drivers? And I suppose, what are the risks to, to the forecast? Um, I would say that we are not so far from this type of forecast. Uh, having maybe uh, a slowdown that is... Uh, more pronounced in 2023, but, but still with growth and, uh, and slightly better in 2024. I think what is interesting with the, the Swiss, but you also the European economy and, and the US one is that we are in a junction year in terms of cyclical forces versus structural forces. And um, this is the reason why the slowdown should not derail into uh, a breakdown. Um, it's much more an issue of cyclical forces that are really 
under the pressure of financing condition tightening. We know it. It's based on the on interest rate and on liquidity. Um, this is already affecting the construction sectors uh, and partially also the international trade. While what is really interesting in this uh, condition, tightening condition, is that we still have uh, a resilience of the investment in technology, in innovation. Um, and that is really important because this will uh, define the ground for future profit of corporate. So this is why I think um, the resilience of our economy is really based on the the structural forces that are still really uh, in action, while the cyclical one based on the tightening are not sufficient, let's say, to uh, counteract and, and to uh, create a disruption of, uh, of the economic tissue. Yeah, I think that that makes sense, and kind it's kind of a theme that we can, as you say, we can apply to most of the G seven, G G seven, and G ten actually um, block currency block. In terms of risks uh, going forward, um, what I mean, where would you identify the, the main risk for for the for the economy for Switzerland uh, for for this year and next year? Um. I would say that uh, all the risk could be important when you are really in a strong deceleration of the economy. Now, the risk that are, they, they could be geopolitical, they could be financial, they could be the monetary policy. Um, those risks will have less effect as soon as we are close to the inflection point of the of the growth and i think that is more important that is uh, important is that whenever you are in deceleration as we were in 2022 then all the risks will start to be important and will make think that you will have a contagion effect now that we are close to the inflection point and maybe that more more of most of the the deceleration the slowdown is behind us then all the risk uh, will have less contagion effect that they had before but you can still have a risk based on monetary policy still have a risk based on geopolitical issue that could uh, increase the, the price. We have seen the price of, of oil yesterday or even the price of other commodities. Those risks are still uh, present, but their impact of contagion, uh, according to this analysis, should be less important than they were in 2022. Yeah, and I, I guess this takes us very nicely onto uh, the next part of the macro elements, uh, and that's the inflation, uh, the inflation story. And you know, the, in terms of uh, you know being able to assess uh, to what extent um, we are in a higher inflation world, and how sticky and how high inflation will be, I suspect that this this remains the biggest question mark, and you know the the question that's still puzzling many of us in in the strategy front, and I suppose amongst economists as well. You know how much 
how much of an easing do we get uh, in inflation this year and next year? And that obviously has implication for monetary policy. And in my space, that certainly has implication for where the currency um, eventually trades. So I suspect, you know, let's go back onto, again, onto Switzerland. We, you know, we've been kind of used to, it's a bit like Japan in, from, from an inflation perspective. We've been used to many years of, you know, deflation being more of a concern. Um, but now this is certainly not the case, even in Switzerland. Uh, again, looking at the, at the consensus for Bloomberg, I have CPI expected at about 2.4, 2.5% uh, for this year. 1.5% for 2024. So we have moved back into positive. Um, do you have um, any any strong view on, on the inflation story for, for Switzerland and, and also for, I suppose, for, for the G7? Is there, do you, are you in the camp of the sticky high for long inflation or do you expect more of a correction to eventually come through and that will allow uh, monetary policy to, to pr probably shift lower in terms of rates? Um, if I may, I would be back to the, the same argument as for the, the economic growth, is that we are in a year where cyclical forces and structural forces um, will be in junction. And that will be really interesting to capture what will be the sticky part of the inflation. And if I may focus on Switzerland um, regarding the cyclical forces, I think that the sticky part of inflation will be quite the same everywhere because the sticky part will be based on the structural forces, based on demographic transition and the fact that the labor market um, will have a lack uh, let's say, lack of employee, lack of staff in the future. And this is due to the baby, baby boomer exit of the labor market. The second factor is, of course, the lack of resources that we could have in the kind of transition we need uh, to, to lead um, in terms of energy, but also in terms of digital transition that will be key um, to face uh, the, the lack of, um, of uh, staff. And we need really to increase productivity to be sure that we continue to create added value in the future. And this is the reason why we will have the necessity to continue to invest in, in innovation. And those are the structural forces that are the same, let's say, for all the, the, the different economy. And that could keep inflation, but we don't know yet, close to the target of the, uh, of the central banks, close to 2% or even slightly above. But this is mostly due to the structural forces. Now, you can say that those forces as are will push price much higher than the 2%. I'm not sure about that. And I think we need to assess really the effect uh, in the next future to be sure about this sticky part of the inflation. Now, back to the cyclical forces. In Switzerland, they are slightly different from Europe, from US, uh, if I look rapidly on US and Europe, they have both the same problem. Let's say if it's a problem is that we have the second round effect um, 
and the inflation of wages, which is already uh, slowing down in uh, in the United States, but we don't see yet uh, the um, the effect or or the the signals in Europe. So that's maybe the reason why. Uh, monetary policy could continue to tighten in Europe. Now, in Switzerland, the cyclical forces are now really based on, it's very strange, but um, very uh, on a small sector um, in terms of added value, which is the sector of restoration, hotel, and um, and traveling. And that is mostly what is pushing the underlying inflation up for the moment. So if you analyze the forces behind is the reaction to COVID crisis and uh, the reaction to the lack of, of staff that they, uh, they face today, uh, we think that this is a temporary factor. You could not increase the price of this sector uh, without any end. That people will uh, will leave then the restaurant and hotel and will react to the increase of price. So, we think that the cyclical part of the of the Swiss inflation um, possibly could be reduced quite uh, quite rapidly, uh, at least in two thousand twenty three, and then. In 2024, it's much more the sticky part of the inflation that will uh, that will uh, be, um, let's say, observable. Yeah, that's and, and I suppose that takes us very nicely onto what I call the next piece of the currency outlook puzzle, uh, and that's the, the central bank monetary policy prospects. And so the SNB. The SNB uh, next meeting is, I think, June 22nd. Uh, they've, they've already tightened by 125 bips. Um, and and if, I, if I recall well, the last policy message was that all options are still open. So I've been kind of matching, uh, matching nicely what's been going on elsewhere. And I, I guess the extent to which the SNB continues Uh, to match uh, other central banks' policy moves, and in particular the ECB. I think with the Fed, it's a different story. But for for the ECB, that that could be quite relevant uh, and highly relevant, I suppose, for for the outlook for the near term outlook for Euro Swiss. So let's let's start on the SNB first. What what are you expecting next from from the Swiss on interest rates? Um, I think that being at 1.5% is already a rate that is showing that um, the credit, at least to the household and also the, uh, the construction sector, uh, which is the most sensitive to, uh, to this interest rate, is reacting. It's in contraction, so we have seen some slowdown there. Um, that should be a good sign for the central banks is that um, monetary policy is working in terms of slowing down the activity of, uh, of what they want to slow down, meaning the, the housing market. Um, so could they be obliged to go to 25 basis points uh, higher 
Maybe yes, if the the ECB is still increasing by 50 basis point, they could do it in order to have margin. But but we know that today the tightening is already uh, having consequences, and so um, they have much more uh, to be cautious about the increase or the tightening of credit condition. And this put me on another side of of the monetary policy is that. They, they have to manage the, the money supply. They have to money, manage the, the, the liquidity of the market. And this is also the main instrument, and, and they reveal they use it, um, the main instrument that they could use in the next future to try to orient, let's say, the currency, although they are, they are not able to completely uh, define the, the target of the currency. But I think they have much more to do with the liquidity than, than with the instrument of interest rate. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess, you know, even if you look at the G7 now, we, we are getting close to, to, the peak, to a peak globally. Uh, I, I suspect the ECB is the one that still has uh, more catching up to do. Uh, in terms of the outlook for the Swiss franc, as I said at the introduction of our, of our discussion, I, I was kind of puzzled by um, the franc resilience throughout um, the headline, the banking headlines that we've had last month. And after, after, after you know, two weeks of uh, uncertainty, but when we finally got um, the announcement on the Credit Suisse and UBS merge, m- well, UBS taking over, my my bullish conviction on the franc uh, was actually reinforced, in particular uh, on on dollar Swiss downside, and you know that has to be seen in a context where I expect euros euro dollar to to regain momentum to eventually break through one ten. And, uh, you know, my view has always been that uh, against the dollar, the Swiss very much trades like a proxy. Uh, and that means that, you know, the, the support of 90, which was my initial target on dollar Swiss, uh, has regained uh, credibility. And if you look, you know, into the rest of the year, we're only, you know, at the beginning of the second quarter. And, you know, I, I kind of hold on to the view that we can go through uh, towards 85 on, on dollar Swiss. Uh, for Euro Swiss, you know, it's been a range forever, uh, but I suspect that, um, you know, the, if we just focus on what you said in terms of monetary policy, potential differential, probably more of an incline for a, a slightly stronger Euro. Um, but what, what's what's your take on, on the, the currency outlook um, on dollar Swiss and, and euro Swiss. Um, I like your view, and that's where I would like to insist on the fact that we were used to have a Swiss um, franc that was driven, let's say, or that was connected with the European currency. Um, I'm not sure this is the future. Uh, I think really that there are changes and especially on the external balances that um, that are putting the relation between the US and Swiss, Switzerland uh, more strongly than what it was in the past. So where I join your opinion is that I think that the, the US dollar 
will be maybe the driving force for the Swiss franc instead of, of uh, being the euro. And so back to the point on the US dollar, um, the US uh, for me has, has maybe closed its cycle of uh, appreciation. And I share the view that um, the US dollar maybe has to um, depreciate a little bit and uh, be more uh, friendly, let's say, for the international trade. Because uh, uh, apart from that, uh, the appreciation of the US dollar last year was a factor of, of explanation of the, the reduction or the, the, let's say, the slowdown of the external trade. So it, it could be a good news, especially for the multinational in, in, in Switzerland, then the US dollar would uh, depreciate, uh, meaning, as you said, that the Swiss franc could appreciate against the, the US dollar, but not especially against the, against the euro. Because as you said, the euro has to slightly appreciate. It's based on its external position. It's based also on the investment they are doing and probably the reduction of cyclical forces of inflation um, that, would, uh, that would impact. Uh, so I share this view. I share your view that um, a Swiss franc uh, against the euro close to 1.05, sorry, is really probable. And uh, that means that having a, um, a euro-dollar more too close to 1.10, which is more fundamentally justified, and that would put the, um, the Swiss franc against the dollar more close to 90, even below, as you was mentioning, uh, that could be uh, an extreme, uh, let's say, case, but, but that's really feasible. And, and I share this view. I think we were used for decades of the um, Swiss appreciation against the euro. Um, but I think the external position against uh, the eurozone is changing. And we have to understand this um, uh, through the, the currency and through the, the Swiss franc and its behavior against the euro. Thank you, Valérie. I mean, I suppose when, you know, FX uh, trader, it's always difficult to be a bullish Euro-Swiss uh, if you look at what happened recently. But I, I completely take your point on, on the external position factor, which are, again, you know, kind of differentiating the structural versus the cyclical argument. Um, Valérie, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you for your insight. It was great to, to get a, a flavor and more of um, a focus on, on Switzerland, on the, on the Swiss uh, economy uh, and on the Swiss franc. This concludes our latest FX podcast. Any question, please reach out, uh, on, reach out to me myself on, on the terminal. Uh, as a reminder, you can find our BIFX research on the BI Curve page. I hope you found the podcast interesting. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>